0: hot mess to flame in success stories musings and advice to help small businesses own their numbers today micro chili ceo and founder sharon crombie talks budgeting money dates new financial year planning and more with kate campbell the editor and founder of how to money which specializes in all things personal finance for young aussies tune in every second wednesday for a business podcast done differently Hello
1: and welcome to episode nine of From Hot Mess to Flaming Success, where we are super excited today to welcome Kate Campbell, who is the founder and editor of How To Many. So Kate, firstly, thank you so much for joining us today and giving up
2: your time. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited to talk about money and personal finance. Love it. Love it. So before we go any further,
1: so first things first, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and what inspired you
2: to launch How To Money? Yeah, well, I started How To Money back in 2017 when I was just starting out on my own personal finance journey and realized there weren't many resources out there. Like Podcasts were not really a thing back in 2017. It was just emerging that industry. There wasn't all these YouTubers. There were personal finance books. They've been written for a long time, but I just wanted a place to share everything I'd learned. It was really a place for my own curiosity to be explored in public. And it's always a great way to learn by teaching others. So as I'd learn something new about, okay, this is how the basics of investing works, or this is how to budget, or this is how to get out of credit card debt. I'd put that writing together, write an article or do a podcast or interview someone really interesting and share that with the world. And at the beginning, it was just for, for me. And then it kind of grew and grew and more people wanted to talk about money, which is awesome that so many young people especially want to talk about money, get involved with their finances and even invest nowadays.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's a key point that that you talk about there. And even like when I was in school and when my older two were in school, like talking about money and finances and investing is not something that is educated in school. And I feel like more and more young people that are kind of like coming through the ranks now this is what they want to know they want to know about money and they want to know how to invest so it's a massive shift i think in cultural change in that respect so amazing kate that you've you've taken that you've spotted a gap and you were like i'm what started for you has now be evolved and become for you know other young people as well so i love that Important is it, Kate? Do you think for small business owners to have a personal budget? Like for us, we we are always telling our clients, you know, to make sure that they've got a budget set up for their business. But how important is it for the personal budget first? Do you think?
2: I think it's really important, especially when you're getting started managing your money for the very first time. If you haven't really kept track of what's coming in and out of your life in terms of your financial picture, because as a individual, your goals and your timeframes and what you want to do with your money is probably going to look very different to what your business wants to do. You you might have very different goals for the business compared to your own personal finances. You might be taking a very different time frame. Like if you decide to invest for yourself, say in your superannuation fund, that might be a 50-year timeframe and your business might not be working at a 50-year timeframe at the moment. So I think it's really important to have a budget when you're getting started. Even if you loosen that as time goes on, I think it's really important. Just to know the foundations of all of the things, the money from different sources that's coming into your bank account and what's leaving your bank account as well. So you can just get an accurate picture of what you're spending to begin with. Like I, I started with a budget. I was very strict at the beginning. I had mapped out every single category in my financial life. Like I was going to spend X amount on entertainment each month and X amount on clothes. And I realized that didn't really work for me because I could never fit everything neatly into nice categories. So what worked better for me is I kind of split into this is the amount I want to save or put away for myself and my future each month. This is the amount that has to be paid for my bills and my rent every month. And maybe I can reduce it by negotiating some of those things. But at the end of the day, that has to go out every month. And then the rest is for that discretionary spending, the things that you could cut out, but you probably don't want to because they're going out with friends and uh, maybe getting some new clothes. So I kind of split it into three different buckets and that worked a lot better for me. I love that
1: because like you said, I think if you set yourself up that, oh, I can only spend this amount on one thing and this amount on another thing, and, and- When that's not working for you, you set yourself up for failure, I guess, and feeling really demotivated about the whole thing. So I think that's a much better way to do it as well. You've got X amount and spend it how you want to.
2: Yeah, and it's really about like spending your money in line with your goals and your values. And if you don't know what's coming in and what's going out, it's very hard to do that and match it up.
1: I find, you know, for me as well, it it means that life is way less chaotic when you know and I I know some people you know think I'm I'm a finance person as well at the end of the day but for me tracking and knowing what you're spending means that if you are overspending you can rein it in very quickly as well so yeah I think it's super super important so we've talked about a personal budget now when we're creating it and you know, how how do you monitor it and what type of things? I know that we've touched upon you know the different things that you'd put in there but how would you monitor that Kate?
2: So when I started I was very much on the Google Sheets with a spreadsheet I'm sure all your clients are probably familiar with <laughs> a spreadsheet and it was very manual just putting the transactions in but technology's come a long way since then thankfully and a lot of a lot of the big banks and even some of the more tech savvy banks actually have the ability to track your budget within their functionality. So have a look if your current organization that you use to bank with does have that, or maybe you could switch to your everyday transactions to one that does. So it's all in one spot and it tells you money in this month, money out, and it'll break down. You've spent $500 in food this month and you've spent $300 in rent and utilities, and it can auto categorize and let you manually adjust those categories. So that's probably the easiest way if you can find something that's already embedded with something you're already using because you don't have to form a new habit. You don't have to create another account for something. So that's probably the first place I'd look. If you don't have that, there's a lot of free or low-cost budgeting apps now like Frollo, Pocketbook, PocketSmith that some of them you can link up your bank accounts and they use open banking so they send that data back and forward so you it will categorize it for you and tell you if you're over your budget this month if you're under it how much you've spent in each category or you can can use that Google spreadsheet to get a rough idea and some people still love the manual thing of going through printing out their bank account statements each month and highlighting in different categories for different things and adding that up so if you really want to do it manually you could do that and sometimes I recommend that for people that have never looked at their spending before because when you print it out It's very tactile and you can go through and see this. Okay, I got paid this much at the start of the month and this is actually where it all went and do I actually want to spend in all these categories or do I want to adjust that? So I would use any technological tool you can find. There's a lot of great ones embedded with your bank or you can use one of those free budgeting tools I mentioned or you can go through and manually look at every transaction just to get an idea of where you're spending and does that align with your goals and your overall financial picture?
1: Oh, so good. I love that, Kate. I'd actually never heard of those tools that you just mentioned so maybe we'll include those at the end as well so that people know what they can use but i think that's so good to be able to see what you've underspent overspent is I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me, but I find that really satisfying to to be able to track (laughs) that. So not everyone's the same though.
2: Oh, I should just add, there's this interesting activity that I've recommended on a podcast before where once you've gone through and worked out where you're spending each month, on average, maybe take the last three months and write out the top 10 categories of your spending and then also write out a list. So you need to take a bit of time to reflect on this, of the top 10 things that bring you joy in your life. And I like to put these two lists side by side and go, okay, I'm spending so much on housing and going out every month but they're not actually the things I love doing. I love spending more time with family or I love going on hikes. And so is there a way you can reduce spending in certain categories and increase it uh, so you've got more time to spend in other categories? Because often we look at these two pictures and they do not align at all because we are not spending with intention. And so if we really look through our budget and go, how can we use the resources we have, not necessarily spending less, but how can we reallocate them to better increase joy in our lives because in some ways money can buy happiness to an extent and I think it's how we use those resources for our own goals. Such good advice. I think that is
1: awesome. That is so good. Are there any practices that you recommend when it comes to sticking to a personal budget?
2: Yes, that's always the challenging one. And especially if you make it too strict, it can be very hard to stick with. So I think you need to give yourself some wiggle room. So for me, it's almost keeping the categories wide enough. So whether you're using a broad... These are my needs. These are my wants categories. If you're bucketing it to 50% for those necessities in life, maybe 30% into discretionary spending, like your entertainment and new clothes, and maybe 20% into future you, whether that's paying off debt, whether that's investing, whether that's putting money in your super. So I'd suggest keeping the categories broad enough that you, if you go over one of the categories, like if you make it really precise and go, okay, only $100 to entertainment this month and you go over that category, you can start to feel really bad and like you've failed. And then you can sort of end up throwing the whole budget out. So I think it's important to be nice and kind to yourself as you're going through this process. If you do have a certain savings goal, you might you might have to make some sacrifices and cut back in certain areas. And so there is endless array on the internet of budgeting tips and way to, ways to cut costs and go to Aldi and all those sort of things. So I probably won't get into too many of them here because that's quite easy to find. But I think it's just about being flexible because your budget needs to be able to like grow and deal with the messiness of life. So whether that's having those large categories or just checking in on a weekly basis and having some time with just you and your budget. I remember Scott Pape popularized the term the money date, but I sometimes like to go once a month just to a cafe, have a coffee and just look in at how I've tracked towards my financial goals this month. Have I spent over in certain categories? Am I happy that I did that? Was that not really aligning with my financial goals? And do I want to adjust that next month? And do I have a plan to adjust that next month? If I say I want to save money on food next month, but I don't actually come up with any concrete ways to save money on food, such as meal prepping, or maybe I'm going to go to the market and buy some fresh fruit boxes from the the local grocer. If I don't have any practical steps, but I just say I want to save food, then I probably won't save money on food. So I think it's just checking in with yourself what your goals are and just being kind as you go through this process because it's a lot of learning about yourself as you do this.
1: Definitely. I honestly such good advice there Kate. That is brilliant. <music> So your ultimate checklist when it comes to spending with intention, and we've mentioned that a few times now, and I love that. What's your ultimate checklist when it comes to spending with intention so that if we do invest in things, there's long-term value in this?
2: Mm, That's always a hard one because it's trying to find the balance between current you and future you because you want to spend in a way that's investing in yourself and investing in your time, but you also want to put some money aside for future you. Uh, So it is hard to balance those two things. And especially once people start investing, they're going, do I put this dollar away for me in 20 years time or do I use this dollar today for an experience? And so I, at the end of the day, it's you can do both. You just have to have a bit of a plan on how you're going to do that and say, okay, I'm going to allocate this much each month for experiences or material things or giving gifts to people. And I'm going to put this much aside for future me. And then you don't have to worry about it. And you can spend the money you've put aside for present you without any regrets or yeah. without any guilt. Guilt. Yep. Because I think it's really important that you don't feel guilty that you are enjoying the resources you have now. Yeah. Um, because you can't always get that time back. I read a good book recently called Die with Zero, and it was more about it was talking about the idea of memory dividends and the fact that if we have the memory earlier on, we have longer time to enjoy it, to think about it, to reflect on it. Because there's things you can do in your twenties, thirties, and forties that you can't necessarily do in your seventies, eighties, and nineties. And so it's finding that balance and working out what are the activities and experiences and things you want to spend money on now and what are the things that you can put back a little later in your life so you've got money to put aside for future you as well. I guess in terms of some more practical ways, sometimes one way I look at making sure I spend money with intention is putting a 24-hour spending ban on anything that costs over $100. Love that. If I see something that I want and it costs over $100, I go, okay, if I still want it tomorrow... I'll buy it. So you can use any kind of rules you want to put in place in your life. Maybe you give yourself a week. Yeah. Like you might save $10 on a sale that's only on today. For sure. But if you didn't really plan to buy that item to begin with, you just spent $90. Correct. I think it's important to have some spending frameworks and they'll look different for everybody. And maybe you say, I want to spend money freely every day on coffees. So I'm going to save a bit more money on my rent each month or save the bike pack my lunch so it's just about coming back to that what brings you joy what do you actually want to spend money on and how can you plan that a bit more
1: yeah definitely really really great advice Uh Hate for managing personal finance other than what we've talked about already?
2: Okay, I think the first one is you want to experiment as much as possible, especially if you haven't been too involved with your money to date, which is pretty normal because we don't get taught about money in school. Yeah, So a lot of us don't come to this into our late 20s or our 30s or our 40s, sometimes even later in life. And whatever age you start getting involved with managing your finances a bit more actively is the perfect age to start because there is no time better than the present. And I think it's really important that we should just encourage people at any age to just get started managing their finances. So the first thing is understanding what's coming in and out of your life and thinking a bit about your goals because we set goals for all sorts of other things in life like getting fit when we make our new year's resolutions. I think it's really important that we take some time to go, okay, what are my short-term financial goals, my medium-term financial goals and my long-term financial goals and thinking about how you can put some plans and strategies in place to achieving each one because it's very easy to say I want to save a thousand dollars this year but if we don't put a plan into place. Okay. Every time I get paid, a hundred dollars is automatically going to transfer from my transaction account into my special savings account I've set up and labeled accordingly. So I think it's really important just to have some plans. It's great to have goals, but also to have plans to achieve those goals as well. And you can have different financial goals working at the same time. You might be looking towards your super and how you can prepare that for retirement, but you also might be wanting to save for a holiday. So having a list and categorizing them into short, medium and long term goals and you can have different plans and strategies to work towards each one. Yeah. And I think it's just keeping... A balance as you go through it all it can be very easy to go to one extreme of spending everything you earn or not spending anything you earn and it's all about coming to a balance somewhere in the middle there that works for you so you've got enough to enjoy the present moment and make those memories and also put money aside for future you for whatever your goals are
1: yeah i love that and it's interesting when you were talking about earlier goals and you know having your money goals and all the rest of it and it very much reminds me of like when you've got a goal that you want to lose weight it's again it's all a mindset thing and being kind to yourself and kind of not getting not beating yourself up when it it doesn't go according to plan because let's face it like you said earlier life is messy and things do get in the way so you know it's kind words i think is super super important so obviously we're in australia july First, you know, we're in the new financial year. How can we best set ourselves up for success?
2: Yeah, I've actually had that question a bit recently because people get tax returns uh, often in Australia and they go, okay, I've got all this money. What can I do with it? And the most important thing to remember, it is your money and that you should give it a job. I think it's really important to give, give every dollar in your life a job and to treat them the same. We often go, okay, this bonus doesn't mean as much and I can just spend it frivolously because it wasn't in my bank account before. So I think it's really important to give a dollar a job and whether you're going to spend that money from your tax refund on paying off debt, or maybe you're going to start investing for the first time, or maybe you're just going to go on an overseas adventure. I think it's really important just to know where you're spending that money and just being mindful of how you're going to use that to improve your life now or improve your life in the future. And I also love the end of financial year now that we're in the new financial year now that we're in July, just as a time to reflect and pause on how we've gone with our financial journey this year to date. Do we need to change course on any of those goals we set? Because we might have set ourselves a big goal at the start of the year, but our employment situation might have changed or we might have extra people to look after or some unexpected expenses because our car broke down. So maybe our goal needs to be adjusted a little bit. Maybe we need to shrink it because we want to still make it achievable by the end of the year or whenever our timeline is. And we don't want to be setting goals that we have no way of achieving because that's not really, motivating you to keep going. So it's a great time to check in, maybe even use this time to go through and look at where you've been spending this year um, and go, do I want to set up a budget for the next three months and see how I go at fitting into that and see what I can learn about myself and my spending patterns through that. And the last thing I'd say is just focusing sometimes on those bigger questions rather than getting stuck on the, should I buy a coffee today or not? Should I save that $5? Like there's a lot you can do calling up your electricity and bill providers to renegotiate all of those bills and expenses. Maybe, maybe not at the moment, calling up your home loan provider to negotiate your interest rates. There's a lot of ways you can save money on the bigger things. Maybe you can get a more affordable car. Maybe you can find a way to reduce your cost of living by occasionally renting out a spare room or having a flat made. You can even rent out your garage now. There's all sorts of different ways you can get a little bit of extra cash in your life to help you achieve those financial goals because you might not be able to achieve the goal you set yourself purely based on your paycheck. So you might need to get a little bit more income coming in. So just thinking about different ways that you can work towards your financial goals and thinking of it like one big experiment and being creative and working out different levers you can pull. Okay, that experiment didn't work. Is there another way I can budget that might work better? Or is there another side hustle I could try that might be more suitable for my life? So it's just trying different things and coming to find things that work for you.
1: I love that, Kate. I think that exactly like you said, if you can make this as an experiment and a fun experiment at that not something that you have to do and that money is a chore and it is it's an experiment and it's all all learning at the end of the day and I also love going back to the point that you mentioned earlier as well that there is no better time than to start now no matter what your age and it's like and I think sometimes especially if if you've got into your 40s or your 50s and you think oh my god it's too late for me now there's you know it's there's it's never too late it's you know obviously you're not going to build up as much as what you've would have done if you'd have started in your twenties, but that doesn't mean that now is not a good time for you to start. So, mm-hmm. so many words of wisdom from you, Kate. I have absolutely loved having you on today. And I think that, you know, our listeners are going to get so much benefit from this. So thank you so much. And can you just tell us, Kate, just in case anyone wants to find you, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you?
2: Absolutely. You can touch base at howtomoney.online. I'm also on Instagram at howtomoneyaus. And just on your topic of fun I think a good challenge if you're listening try one of these experiments but loop one of your friends or family members in to have a go with you if you're trying a new budget strategy for the first time see if one of them will try it with you and then you can reflect on it together and have a bit of a laugh if you made a mistake or it didn't work I think it's really important not to go through this journey alone even if the person someone on an anonymous online forum you can share your experience with I think it's really important to go through this journey with someone else because finance can be really isolating and yeah. lonely sometimes and feel there's a lot of shame and emotions around it. So yeah. find someone to go through the journey and have fun and do those experiments with. Oh, so true. And do you know what, going back to your point of, and I know
1: we're coming to the end of this, but just to touch upon quickly, the the do you think that the finance and the shame around that is because we don't talk about it enough? Do you think if more of us talked about
2: it and we were open about finances there would be less shame around it maybe? I think so. Like so even now people are talking more about investing and maybe those exciting things yeah. of finance but still people are not talking about debt. When people have $50,000 of credit card yeah. debt, when they're struggling to pay their mortgage, when they're struggling to pay school fees, that is still not a talked about discussion yeah. even in the media. So I think that is super important. If you have someone in your life that is struggling with financial debt or getting their feet, they can talk to free financial counselors. So that's a a resource provided and funded by various governments and organizations. So you can look at the National Debt Helpline website. That is a fantastic resource. They're really well trained. And you can also, if you can find someone in your life that you really trust to share what you're going through, share some of your struggles um, and just maybe they can't come up with the solution for you, but at least you're not going through that journey alone. And it does help alleviate some of that shame because there's so many reasons we get into these situations and most of the time it's not our fault. And when we want to take steps to get out of it, we... Feeling shame is not really a helpful way to make people feel if they're trying to get out of debt. So I'm all for people who want to come up with a plan to get out of debt and focus on getting their financial feet. So whether it's having that conversation, coming up with a plan, talking to a free financial counsellor, I think that's super important to do. Oh,
1: awesome. Well, thank you again, Kate. Thank you for giving your time up today for our listeners. It's been so beneficial. And um, again, we'll put all of the resource links for if anybody wants to get in touch with Kate so thank you
0: again Kate thank you for having me Sharon it's been great to chat we're living in an increasingly digital world which means cybersecurity is more important than ever so what should a small business owner do when they don't have an IT department per se to ensure their website customer data and more is protected these are just some of the questions Sharon will be talking through with Richard Addiscott senior director analyst at Gartner in our next episode the from hot mess to flame in success podcast features entrepreneurs who have successfully scaled marketing experts who'll help you grow and small business owners just like you who talk candidly about their journeys, learnings and struggles.